This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. Today's episode is brought to you by BUSR.com. You know, everyone always asks me where they should bet, and now I got a solution for them. BUSR.com slash Paul. You deposit $100, they'll match your $100 in free bets, so you basically get $200. Go check it out. BUSR.com slash Paul. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage Podcast. Today, our special guest is Freddie Stevenson. Freddie, how's it going? It's good. It's good. I'm, I just beat this rain over here in Florida. It's crazy right now, but I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Uh, let's just go back in time and start out with your football career. Like, what was, what was your first memory of playing football? I remember my, my first memory, well, the one that's most prominent is when I played flag. My parents got me in the flag early on, and I remember they had me at quarterback. I couldn't throw, but every play is a QB sneak. And I remember this they started the um the touchdown rule on me, man. I had like three touchdowns and we were playing a team. And the coaches ran over there to our coaches, like, man, don't give them the ball no more. Don't give them the ball no more. If you give them the ball again, I'ma whoop you. Like he, he, like he really, he really pumped our coaches. I'm like, man, there's no way they they finna listen to these coaches. But really, the rest of the game, I'm handing the ball off, throwing the ball, and that was that's when it got hot. I was like, man, I'm, I may have a chance to be good in this. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so what? How how old are you then? And did, is, was that like the moment that you knew you were like good already? I was I was five. I was a flag, and yeah, I, man, I knew a little bit when I was younger because guys were they, every time we go to the park, all the guys are picking me on the team and stuff. But then it was like, man, this team really stop me from doing this. I played, I was from the inner city and I remember my pops getting out of prison and we play, we moved to a middle-class area and we didn't really have the money to be able to afford playing in the league, but they paid for me to come play for the team. And I'm a kid from the inner city and I'm around all these kids that are kind of like privileged and stuff. So it's like, man, give Freddie the ball and get out of the way. Yeah. And so we're, I'm on a team full of guys that if a fight broke out, they weren't finna help me. So I'm like, man, this is, this is crazy. So to see the coach get punked, it was crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like every like athlete that I interview, I feel like there's like a moment, like you even like they know, like, it's like, you know, it like kind of when you're young, like that young that you're like better than the rest. Obviously you're a lead athlete. <laughs> so yeah. Like during like high school and things like that, like what was your recruiting process? Like, man, it was, um, people think, cause I came out of high school, my senior year, one of the top 250 players in the country. Yeah. But people think it, I was just hot my whole entire career. I literally got all those offers in the span of a few months. My 11th grade year, nobody was offering me. And I remember breaking my leg and the doctors were telling me that my career was over. Like I, I may never play again. I broke my I broke my fibula, broke my ankle, lost all the cartilage in my ankle and broke a few bones in my foot. So teams, a lot of teams were scared off by my injury. But I remember being bad bound for like four months and the team took a, a chance on me, UMass. And once they offered, everybody else came pouring in. So you, you fast forward, my highlight tape gets out, and it seems like every week I'm getting two or three offers. Come back to school. You got Georgia, Florida, all these guys at the school fighting on me. It was crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what, what was, like, your final three? My final three, I say FSU, Texas A&M. And it, it, I just say a final two because, really yeah. – I wasn't going to go to Florida State. I, yeah. I wanted to go to Texas A&M. They just moved to the SEC. 
And I knew I have an opportunity to go out there and make a splash. They needed some, they needed some Florida talent to um, make a difference in that SEC. And they were a lot of guys that recruited me that were on me when I was a freshman, but they weren't really like on me hard. And I remember like my ninth grade year, I moved up, I was on JV and I moved up to varsity for like two games. I made like five tackles in the game when they moved me into the game, five tackles and five plays. And the coach that was at Texas A&M was at USF that time. And he was like, man, we're coming back for this kid in four years. And it's crazy. He was at Texas A&M and he was, he was really like, he remembered me from that time and they were hard on me, but I was going to go to A&M. And my mom, I was underage. She wasn't going to sign the paperwork. So that's ultimately what led me to Florida State. I wasn't going to look at any school in Florida. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, and then, like, I read, like, some of your story and things like that. Like, what what helped you, like, push through, like, um, things like homelessness and poverty and things like that? I think the the biggest thing was just watching, watching how my mom handled everything, being homeless and bouncing around from place to place, not knowing what we would eat that night. But my mom, she never let us see her sweat. She always had a, a smile on her face. I mean, we did have a situation where we were at a McDonald's and we had to split a cheeseburger between five five kids. And she broke down that day because she, we, we tried to share it with her and she sacrificed. Yeah. And she only had a dollar to her name. But that was the first time we seen her break down. But ultimately just seeing everything that she fought through. I was like, man, I can't let moms down. And I remember making a promise to her that I was going to make it to the league and just seeing her drive and the energy she always brought, even at the darkest times in our lives, she always stayed positive. So that's really what drove me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you just going to FSU, uh, what, what was your experience like there? And then, like, how was it to be on the big stage? Man, it was crazy. Like, everybody wants to go to – a prominent university like that, and you you get delivered, it's crazy. And then the first year you come in, you win the national championship, Florida State, Tallahassee, you hear about the party life, but to go there, experience that, and then win a championship. In my high, in my high school days, we never made the playoffs. So it was huge. <laughs> it was huge for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and for those that don't know, you were the fullback on the team. Um, so, yeah, what was it like just to win a national championship? Obviously, it's super rare to – to win it, especially in football? It's it's really like when you hear people say that they have to pinch themselves, they, it hasn't hit them yet. Like, it's literally like, man, it took – I didn't realize it what happened until we had the, the parade. Like, we're yeah. just like – it felt good in the moment. Yeah. It felt good in the moment. I'm not going to lie because we knew the whole world was against us going against the SEC. But, like, a few days after, it's like, man, I gotta, it doesn't feel real. And yeah. I think that's how everybody feels after a championship outside of that moment when you win it. Or did you play with – you played with Carlos Williams, right? Yep, I played with Carlos Williams. Or, yeah, I know yeah, I know him for a, from a while back. That's my guy. We, me yeah. and Carlos, we, we're both from the same area. We had a lot of a lot of crazy battles in um, not only high school, but Pop Warner. So, Pop, oh. um, Car- Carlos's team, they're, they're the team that um, when I told you about the, the touchdown rule, yeah, that was his team. That's hilarious. So, yeah. crazy. so you want to you want to hear a crazy? That's a crazy story. So the rest, like I remember, we um we beat them the first game, and then we played them again in the playoffs, and they completely shut me down. We had to go with other options, but yeah, his team was known as being one of the best teams in our league. But everybody in the area no, area knows that they cheat. <laughs> they cheat, and and, and, that, and Carlos has one of them teams. It's in the area like 
they're in the area like crazy in the city, like a lot of a lot of lot a lot of crime and stuff. So it would be games like when our upper divisions, like our major, our JV varsity teams in the Pop Warner League, they're getting in the brawls. The fans are coming into the stands. That's how the team Carlos played for. That's they got down. <laughs> what about yeah? What's that like to just like grow up with with kids like that, and then you guys all are like you're on the same teams and things like that. It was crazy, yeah. man. And we came in and. He remembered all those those battles, but it was always love. Like when I when I met Carlos, everybody knew Carlos was gonna be one of those guys to to go to the league. I remember in high school, he was the guy everybody watched and had their eyes on all over the field. But when I went into Florida State, he took me under his wing. He um showed me love, and guys like that playing with guys you played against your your whole life, it brings you it brings you it makes you feel like you're at home when you go to a university like that when you don't truly know anybody. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it was it was it was 2015 your season uh senior year. Yeah, tw- yeah, 2016 it was. Uh 2016. Uh so but in 2015 you uh Dalvin Kick Cook broke the record for uh the single season. You were his fullback. Like what did that what that mean to you? Man, that's my that's my guy. <laughs> it, it felt good because when you being a part of something special, but being a part of something special with somebody that has Dalvin's character. A lot of people don't notice about Dalvin Dalvin. He's a person like with everything that he does. You see a lot of a lot of star players when they get hot, they're like feed me, feed me. He won't he wants to be fed when he's hot. He wants the ball. But that was one of those unique players that he loves to see his his teammates get opportunities as well. He's coming to the coach like coach, get this guy involved, get this guy some opportunities. And I remember my senior year, I had like four or five touchdowns, and that's all because of Dalvin. He's like coach, we got to get Freddie the ball more. He did he did that with so many players on the team. So that's why I felt so special just being a part of it with somebody like that. Yeah, that's dope. Like, I think like, you know, a lot of like, a fa- I'd say in the fan perspective, like people forget about like the O-line, the fullback and like the fullback is like a lost, like I say art right now at this point. Like what are, what are your feelings on like the fullbacks like in NFL right now? It's, it's, it's tough because it's definitely phasing out, but then you yeah. got guys like Kyle Yusek, um that that's doing big things and yeah. He's playing the position, to be honest, how it hasn't been played in a while. Back in the day, you had those old school fullbacks just yeah. hit you hit you in the mouth. But you still can do a lot. Line up at tight end, play, play in the eye, um, run the ball out the backfield. And the guy I think that's going to make a splash this year is actually a guy that, that played under me at Florida State, I believe, was a freshman when I was coming in. Gabe Neighbors for the San Diego Chargers. And we've seen it coming in. He's a guy that can do a lot of things, play wide out, play tight end, play H-back, fullback can run the ball. So definitely be on the lookout for Gabe neighbors. For sure. For sure. And then just going into your, your pro career, like after, after your career at FSU, like what, what were your thoughts like going into like the draft or like going pro and, and things like that? To be honest, I went into everything expecting, expecting to be there. Like it, a lot of people there shell shot. Like I'm actually living my dream. And sometimes it, yeah, you have to pitch yourself, but Man, I, I worked my whole entire life to get here, so I, I expected to be there. And that's that was my mindset going in. So it was just really going into the process, just staying level-headed, staying focused, and continuing to do whatever I did to get me to that point. Yeah, definitely. So I know you went undrafted, but then you got to sign with the Bears. So what, what was that like to sign with the Bears? I had mixed emotions. I was mad that I didn't get drafted. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm happy I'm in the league. And I had a whole bunch of teams telling me they're going to take me anywhere from the fourth to the sixth round. So when my name wasn't called out, 
during the draft, I was pissed. But at the end, man, it all goes away when you hear that phone call. You're living your dreams. So, like, yeah. man, it is what it is. Let, let's get to work. Yeah, definitely. And then you got to play in the, the AAF. Um, what was your experience like there? It, w- it was cool. But I'm not going to lie to you. We went into the AAF. And we knew that league was gonna fold. Like <laughs> it, it wasn't. It wasn't an if. It was a win. And yeah. I remember going out there, and they. I remember playing with Spurrier. And Spurrier, I'm a. I'm a know he's a Gator, but Spurrier, I'm not gonna lie. That's one of the funniest coaches I ever been around. And he knows ball, but funny like having fun while you working. That he cool. And I remember him talking with me. He's like, Freddie, you're a hell of a player, but it, it just sucks that we don't really use fullbacks anymore. And they ended up letting me go. And I remember like. Three weeks later, it may have been three or four weeks later, they shut the league down. I'm like, man, that's crazy. I mean, it's crazy, yeah, because all these leagues are trying, and just nobody has been successful to make, like, another, like, league besides NFL, obviously. I think the XFL was doing well yeah. before the pandemic. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. They were doing, like, and then the fans were going wild. The fans, like, loved it. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're I think they're redoing it next year, and The Rock took over and stuff like that, so we'll see what happens. And then just going back into, like, uh, head coaches and things like that. You played under like Jimbo Fisher. What what was that experience like? Man, Jimbo, he's a guy that if you play under Jimbo, you're gonna get to the league and feel like everything's easy because he 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 prepares you for the league and he's gonna make sure you prepare. You're gonna go into the league like dang, that's it. Like I literally I went to the combine, the senior bowl. And then I went to the NFL. I'm like, man, I was shocked that the playbooks were that small compared to our college playbook. And it's all the same things that we were running. It's just different terminology. So he definitely prepares his guys for the league. And that's why you see a lot of those guys that he have, has, they, they make the smooth transition once they get to the league. Yeah, definitely. And then now I know you're doing like motivational speaking. Like what, what led you to that? It happened by accident, to be honest. I was going through that phase in life where I was depressed, just trying to figure things out. And a mentor reached out to me to come speak at an all-star game. And it was a huge event. I was kind of scared to do it. I never did public speaking before, but he's a guy that I had a high level of respect for. So I did it. And I went out there nervous, man. I almost turned around and gave him the money back, <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, man, I, I can't do this. But I was like, man, I got to, I got to go forward. And I went out there. I was nervous, kind of rambling. It was my first time, but I just remember people running up to me and telling me how they love my story and I made an impact on them. And as I continued to do it for like a month or so, I just got in a groove and I was like, man, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I got a feeling from doing that that I never got playing ball. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, like I definitely commend you for that because standing in front of a crowd and talking ain't easy. <laughs> and the, the, this is the thing that I tricked myself into like, I don't know, getting comfortable every time I psych myself out. So I went out there and it, I was so nervous. And then I went out there and I remember the first thing I said was, I made a like joke and they they started la- laughing. It was And then I told them, I'm like, man, this is my first time like doing this. So y'all bear with me. I'm nervous as hell right now. And I made it, I, I made a joke with it. Yeah. And then they started laughing. And I was like, man, these people paid money to come to this event. Like, I'm thinking this in my head while I'm talking. Yeah. They paid money to come see me speak. Like they're not here to laugh. And that's a, that's a lot of people's, thing they think people are gonna laugh at them just that the third you kind of feel insecure nervous that they're gonna get laughed at i'm like man these people they on my side so then i yeah. just went out there and i started being me yeah that's i mean that's like one key thing you make fun of yourself people like that yeah they can't make <laughs> you make fun of yourself hey what, what you gonna say now i don't know yeah. how you said it <laughs> exactly exactly 
Yeah. Then uh, I know you have your back to school bash next week. Uh, and what, what is it? Why is it important for you to just like give back? Man, just, just my upbringing and the things that I had to overcome, just being able to give back to some people, man, the people that are reaching out, I have people reaching out, pouring their hearts out, man, saying how they appreciate what I'm doing. Families that can't afford school supplies, can't afford backpacks. Um, We're, we're giving back to teachers as well. I, I feel like it's one of the most underappreciated jobs in our country. And teachers are reaching out, man, and saying, man, we appreciate you. We don't care if we get anything. It's just the fact that you, you're letting us know that we're appreciated. And just sometimes hearing that just gives people a reason to keep going. And yeah. we'll, we'll have a um, food job as well to give back to the families that are struggling. Have a lot, a lot of different things out there. Kickball tournament. You have your own bounce houses for the kids, face painting. And we got a guy out there that's going to do horse rides. He, he's a big guy in the community, have the horse ride. So we're going to make it a big event. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, even when you said, like, the teachers, I think, like, people kind of forget about it. I'm sure, like, you've seen on your Facebook pages and you have friends that are teachers and things like that. And they're, like, posting stuff, like, like I forgot what it's called, but it's like a GoFundMe for like teachers. And I'm just like, this is crazy that like the school districts can't like supply them with this stuff. And if it was up to me, if I had the means to do it, teachers would be paid, but yeah, I ain't got, sure. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> for sure. And that, and that's the other thing with the pandemic, like now like parents and like other people that aren't in as a teacher as or is a teacher, like figured out that how hard teaching is. Mm-hmm. And especially keeping kids virtually, like imagine like 30 little kids, like virtually on a screen, like that's nuts. It's crazy. And then uh, tell me about your book, uh, Trials to Trump, Trump uh, Trumpet. Yeah, Trials to Triumph. Yeah, Triumph. Yeah, we, we got, um, it just talks about my life story and all the obstacles that I overcome and my transition after ball and the story, man, people that read it, they're going to, they're going to find so much inspiration because I'm constantly overcoming different battles and, and finding and finding purpose during my journey. And ultimately, I think that people that leave the book, they, they leave encouraged knowing that no matter, no matter what the situation is, there's still hope for you. I remember a time where I was depressed and suicidal, like I told you, just trying, just living a crazy life. And that's after ball, I was just trying to figure out what was next. And that's why I told you it, it happened by accident with the speaking and that that ultimately that ultimately saved me because i didn't know what was next i probably wouldn't be here if it didn't happen and i found i found my purpose and i just let everything in the past go i was holding on to some hard feelings about not making it in the league felt like some people had screwed me over this that or the third and i just man, took everything for what it was i have a, a guy that used to come speak to us at florida state um he's one of the top mindset coaches in the world trevor trevor Mollett. He has something called neutral thinking. What what happened in the past is what it, what it is, but keep everything neutral. What happens next is the most important, and just I, that's how I live my life now, and that it's helped me so much. For sure, for sure. And then, uh, what what advice would you give to a younger kid, either like you know trying to get like a D one scholarship or like trying to go to the league? Yeah, I should just say stay the course and enjoy the process, because man, listen, I was. To be honest with you, it's crazy that we were talking about my journey. Like I had all these scholarship offers, but I wasn't thinking about offers until that, the end of my 11th grade year. I was just playing ball and, and having fun. Mm -hmm. You have um, so many people today, they get into the witness area. Everybody has offers in seventh to eighth grade. So if a guy doesn't have them, then like they enjoy the game because when, it, when it's over, it's over. Mm -hmm. And I see all these kids, man, they're, they're chasing offers and I, and I love it. 
but never get away from what what made you fall in love with this game in the first place. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, obviously with the social media age, I think like football, it's a little less, but like with the like basketball kids, it's kind of like nuts with like their social media. Uh, obviously, like football is like I would say I'd say it's harder to make it. But uh, but people, I, I don't know. Uh, it's just like a weird, weird time when with the social like there's always pros and cons of everything. But I'm saying, you know, you know what I'm saying? I seen the kid the other day. I think he's um he may be the number one quarterback in the country. Um, he's getting yeah. an NIL deal, and he might skip his senior year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, man, I don't want to tell the kid what to do, but I'm telling you, man. Listen, from my personal opinion, it's it's so many things you can't you can't get back. Yeah. So, yeah, I know you're risking a, a chance of um getting yourself injured, and I understand yeah. it. But you're gonna look back at it and when you're older and be like, man, I wish I would have had that last last year of my high school experience with my, with my teammates. Yeah. No matter no matter what happens. Because yeah, what's what, what's destined for you is going is, is going to come to you regardless. Yeah, like what are your thoughts? Like, do you think kids now are going to stay in school long? I mean, you already have to stay in school for three years. So say, say like a maybe a person that's on the cusp. Do you think they're going to like stay like their senior year, or like maybe if they're a redshirt, like go another fifth year, like with these NIL deals? Yeah, man. Shoot, if I I would <laughs> might hey. Why are you talking? I might go uh, enroll right now, but now nah, it's man, it's, it's it's love is giving these guys opportunity to make some money and, and yeah. with this with this, you got TikTok now. Yeah. I got I, you got guys on social media, and it's always been like this. They got a whole bunch of followers, and they're not necessarily playing. But the thing with this NIL deal is now you give these guys the opportunity to cash in on that, even if they're not touching the field. Yeah. So it's it's. It can benefit everybody. So, yeah, I, I definitely believe you're going to see some guys stay a little early, a little later. Guys that may have wanted to go to the league because their family's struggling. Shoot, they could stay a fourth year now because some of yeah. these kids are going to be millionaires while they're in college. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's why it's going to be interesting to see, like, you know, once a person – well, for example, I don't know that many people know, like, Ky Kyler Murray technically was a millionaire while he was playing his last year because he got drafted by the Oakland A's. Um, and they gave him like some create like three million dollar signing bonus. So, even so, though he never played, yeah, but I think he had to give it back. But originally, he still had he still I think he had it. Dang. It was still it was still there. Like he could have left and got it. So that's why it's like kind of crazy. So, but like these kids are actually going to have the real money. So I guess we'll see what happens. But like you think like so say like you were a fullback like and say your your star quarterback's going to get like. Let's just say like I don't know, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, you think the teams are gonna like lose like chemistry and like get jealous and things like that? No, I don't think it's gonna happen because you already have that. You already have yeah. guys that you know um, at the school is one guy getting all the girls and the other guys yeah. can't really get the love and some guy with the IG followers the other guy doesn't. So you you already have yeah. it now. You just putting you're putting money on it. So at the end of the day, if a guy isn't doing this thing on the field and isn't making noise on the field. It is what it is. You can't be hating on somebody else because because they are. So I think it's going that that's already happening in the game. If teams want to win, they're going to find a way. Like you're not you're not going to see the uh, issue with a team like Alabama and the teams that have a winning culture. For sure. All right, you ready for some fun questions? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, what's your what's your favorite song right now? My favorite song right now, it's Rod Wave, Shot the World, man. It's a lot of people that, right. doubt, that doubted us, man. Then, like, talk, man, listen, we got a flashback. I remember when I got cut by the Bears. Everybody, like, I promise you, everybody that's in my phone, 
they wouldn't have responded to me if I hit the line of asking for something, whatever the case may be. But I, if, I go, if I go look through my phone right now, like I got a whole bunch of unread messages. So shock, shock the world. Continue to continue to do that and continue to believe in your vision and walk 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 in it. I like that. Um, what do you like to do in your free time? Man, I'm a I'm a I'm a gamer. I like to read. You a gamer? Uh, not really anymore. Like college, I was more. I like to I like to read. I, I do a lot of a lot of different things. Working out. Um, I'm I'm big into yoga, but man, I love playing. I love playing 2K. Man, I hope they hope they get this next year right. Hope they get this next year right. And Madden, Madden, I know the past few years I've been dropping the same game on us. So it's pressure. <laughs> it's pressure on y'all, especially now because 2K is making the football game again. Yeah, that's why too. Like I like like I play the new games, obviously, but like I like the older ones when it was like, I guess. L- like a little less realistic. Like the Madden used to be way more fun back in the day. Yeah. Without a doubt. What about what what's like your uh what's like your favorite food? Man, I love I eat everything. <laughs> I'm a I'm a huge sweets guy, but my favorite food would have to be shrimp. Like anything with shrimp, like I'm kind of like you ever seen Forrest Gump? Yeah. <laughs> Bubba gum, barbecue shrimp, <laughs> coconut shrimp, whatever shrimp. I, that's what I want. I like that. Uh, what about last one? What What is something people don't know about you? Um, well, probably seen a little bit in this interview. Like a lot of people, they they see me, and I remember when I was at Florida State for about shoot a, a two week period. People were scared of me to get intimidated because I'm a I'm a quiet guy. But then they meet me, and they're like, "Man, you goofy as hell." <laughs> I, I, I like to have fun. I like to have fun, yeah. and and just just enjoy life. Like. And that's 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 who I've always always been. Like life is already hard enough, man. You might as well have fun with it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, can you let the listeners know where they can follow you and uh, get your book and all that good stuff? Yeah, without a doubt. Follow me on social media at StruggleMade one hundred five on Instagram and Twitter, and my book is available on Amazon or wherever books are sold. This episode has been brought to you by BUSR.com. Go check it out to get your free $100 bet when you deposit $100 at busr.com slash Paul.